It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Castle, talking Carolina Panthers with you Monday through Friday right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's what we do. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts from. Please do that also. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where, like today, because it's Friday, I'm going to need your participation through the rest of the preseason as we have our weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers, where I answer all the questions that you have for your Carolina Panthers. So get your questions in next week if you did not get them in for this week, and I'll answer them every Friday here on the Locked on Panthers podcast. On today's episode, of course, it's Friday, so that means the Friday mailbag also The Carolina Panthers have wrapped up training camp down in Spartanburg, South Carolina, on the campus of Wofford City. We say goodbye to the Sparkle City. Hopefully not for the last time. Maybe they'll be back next year. We'll see what happens as the new facility in Rock Hill will not be completed, at least not scheduled to be completed, until ahead of the 2023 season. So we'll see when that happens. So we'll get into everything that's going on with the Carolina Panthers. Your questions and that here on the show today. And let's go ahead and start off with what we saw on Thursday, as the Panthers wrapped up day two of joint practices with the Baltimore Ravens and concluded training camp for the 2021 season. And really, the overall thing that we've wanted to know throughout these last couple weeks is the development of quarterback Sam Darnold. I've been harsh. I've been maybe unfair at times. But the way I look at this season, and I'll continue to say this, you guys know how I feel if you listen constantly, the Carolina Panthers have decided to take a risk, a calculated risk, one that I understand why they took it considering what they have here structurally with Matt Rule, Joe Brady, Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, you add Terrace Marshall, Dan Arnold, and you add those guys in free agency through the draft, David Moore as well. I understand why they see this could be a winning situation with Sam Darnold. He has the arm talent, he has the athleticism, he has the pedigree as a Southern California quarterback who was drafted number three overall by the New York Jets. I absolutely understand why they did it. Do I agree with them doing this? No, not necessarily, but we'll see how things play out. And I'm willing to give it a try. I am just highly skeptical of Sam Darnold after what we saw the last couple of years. And just historically, when you see quarterbacks play at the level that he played at, you just do not see them bounce back to their second stop and play well. I broke down on Thursday's show why the situation with Ryan Tannehill in Miami and Sam Darnold were completely different in terms of how Tannehill played and then where he went from there with the Tennessee Titans to help Darnold play. But we'll see how he plays here in Carolina. And as you know, as a Panthers fan, as someone who hosts this podcast, talks to you guys every day, I want them to be successful. So therefore, I want Sam Darnold to be successful. I'm just 
Not sure if he's going to be, and if he's not, that'll be highly frustrating for all involved. Darnold, Rule, and of course, the man upstairs in David Tepper, who has no patience when it comes to the quarterback position, and I'm sure will be willing to move on again if Sam Darnold does not work out. But that being said, Matt Rule, he said that he thinks that Sam Darnold's development has been really, really good. Considering where things were pretty uneven back during May and early June with OTAs and mandatory minicamp to now here in the middle part of a training camp over in the middle part of August, only a couple of weeks away from the seasoning opening up at Bank of America Stadium against his former team, the New York Jets. To hear that Sam Darnold has made really, really good progress and his development is on track, that is something that's important. I'm glad to hear it. Now, one of the things that we're hoping to see from Sam Darnold is him stretching the field with his arm. He was actually asked, Matt Rule was, on Thursday about the lack of deep throws out there. And just Matt Rule and Joe Brady wanted him to throw way more underneath stuff. That is one thing that I'm kind of questioning in terms of, are they afraid for him to make to take risks in practice? Or are they just kind of waiting to implement more things later on after training camp's over and as we get to the latter part of the preseason and heading into game week? I, I have no idea. But to hear that Sam Darnold has developed the way that they want him to, and he's not been throwing a ton of interceptions and making poor decisions, even if they're not giving too many opportunities to do so, is certainly the kind of progress that we wanted to hear when it comes to Sam Darnold. And in terms of Saturday night, I have been saying all week long, I do not think that Sam Darnold will play on Saturday. Matt Rule says he has a plan to play several starters for a small amount, probably one to two series on Saturday with the home opener for the season, basically, at least in the preseason for the Carolina Panthers, and the first chance for a lot of fans to get to see their team play there on 800 South Mint Street. Now, he's leaning towards playing Darnold. The issue, though, Rob Anderson was held out of practice again on Thursday because of hamstring. DJ Moore left practice because of a back injury. He felt awkwardly. If it were had been a game, he would have gone back in, but Matt Rule just didn't see any reason for throwing DJ Moore back out there. So we'll see how things, how he feels Friday and then, of course, Saturday leading up to game time. I just don't imagine that Robbie Anderson's going to play on Saturday, and if DJ Moore is not 100%, there's no reason to risk him and have him go out there and play even if it's a series or two. Cam Irving also spent a large portion of the time on the sideline without his helmet as he got banged up in practice. John Miller, the starting right guard, he was held out. The main question here is, when you look at the injuries that the Panthers suffered, and none of those seem to be all too serious on the offensive side of the ball, does Matt Rule want to play Sam Darnold behind an offensive line that has Terry Moten at left tackle, Pat Elfline at left guard, Matt Paradis at center, Dennis Daly at right guard, and Trent Scott at right tackle? There is a situation this season where that could be your starting offensive line depending on how injuries go or just how performance goes. So Sam Darnold may later on have to play with those guys. You have to have to ask, does he want to throw him out there behind that offensive line and without his top two wide receivers and Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore? I understand that Matt Rule wants to have the perfect situation for Sam Darnold to make his debut with a healthy top five offensive lineman. Um, also wants to have his top two receivers out there so Sam can go out there and have the confidence that is going to be vital for him to have success here in Carolina in his first year with the team. So I have a hard time seeing him playing on Saturday if Anderson and Moore are not out there and if you're having to start Trent Scott, who did not perform well at all on Sunday at left tackle against the Colts, Dennis Daly, I'm totally fine with Dennis Daly out there instead of John Miller. So we'll see. But I would be a little surprised to see him out there just based off of the injuries that occurred on Thursday. I'd like to see, though, J.C. Horn play on Saturday night. J.C. Horn, according to Matt Rule, is someone who has 
not happy at all for not playing on Sunday. I didn't really understand why J.C. Horn wouldn't perform. I get that Matt Rule, Scott Federer feel like their starters got way more work and more beneficial work with the joint practices, with the Colts, and then even this week with the Ravens, that they didn't see the need to put them out there in actual game action on Sunday last week and then potentially with some guys on this upcoming Saturday night against the Ravens. I think that's all well and good, and I agree with that for the most part, just with some most guys. Now, J.C. Horn is a rookie who's yet to play in the NFL. He needs to be making his debut. He needs to actually be out there with actual NFL officiating against actual first-team guys with the Baltimore Ravens in performing in front of a crowd. He's a rookie. He hasn't earned it yet to be sitting out games. I get where they're where they're coming from, what they're trying to do. I just think that J.C. Horn should absolutely be out there getting live game reps on Saturday evening. A couple other updates here uh, before I get to your questions. Keith Kirkwood, who took a vicious hit from former Panther safety JT Ebay, who subsequently was cut after that. He was finally back fully available at practice, which is awesome news for Keith Kirkwood and obviously for the team. He's going to need to really show something on Saturday evening, whether it's Will Greer throwing the football to him or P.J. Walker, if he wants to make this roster in a couple weeks. Marquise Haynes, unfortunately, suffered a shoulder injury. It's not deemed to be too serious, but he will miss at least the one to two weeks. Should be ready to go game week against New York Jets. Brian Burns had his right shoulder wrapped up after practice. That's something that's interesting to look at. I'm not sure what shoulder he had a procedure on this offseason, but he did have one. So possibly, I don't know, could be that same right shoulder. But then again, shouldn't be something that they're all too concerned about. And hearing that, I think it's unlikely that Brian Burns is going to play on Saturday evening. It was a huge day, too, for the defense as they had five interceptions, two of them coming off of Lamar Jackson, Davion Nixon, the fifth-round defensive tackle prospect out of the University of Iowa. He had two of those picks when he dropped back and covered something he said he never got to do when playing for Kirk Ferentz's Hawkeyes. And it's really cool to see him not only as a potential three-technique inside pass rusher, but he's a guy who can, who's athletic enough to drop back in coverage. And one of the highlights that we saw last season was the interception that he had when he dropped back in coverage against Penn State, the pick six in that game for Iowa last fall, which helped them become the defensive player of the year in the Big Ten. You also had picks from Dante Jackson, Shaq Thompson ran into one, um, even Kenny Robinson, again, who Matt Rule said wasn't really having a great camp, but he played really well on Sunday against the Colts with an interception. He gets another one, which makes me feel even better about the safety depth that we've seen. I was not confident about it coming into camp, but seeing what he's done, what Sean Chandler's done, and also what we know about Sam Franklin from last season, I feel fairly okay with the backup safeties behind Justin Burris and behind Jeremy Chin, of course. So some context in terms of the interceptions, the Ravens, they had five of their top six wide receivers that weren't practicing, and their two starting tackles also were out, and it showed. Not taking anything away from Phil Stone on that defense. I love the additions, as I said. I love what they have potentially uh, with the pass rushing and in the cornerback situation. Just some context so that you understand the Ravens were not out there 100%, but we will get to see them, hopefully Lamar Jackson, and some of those guys who might have missed out on Saturday evening at Bank of America Stadium. Not sure if that's going to be the case. Not sure what John Harbaugh wants to do, but all in all, a solid showing for the Panthers defense in the final day of training camp in the offense with Sam Darnold making the kind of progress that we want to see. Very interested to see how things look on Saturday. If Darnold plays, if he doesn't, we'll get to see him next Friday at, at home again against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Friday, which means it's time for me to answer your mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers. Follow me at Julian Council so you can DM me or at me, and I'll get to your questions next week. If you did not send one in this week, get to your mailbag questions here in just a moment. 
Folks, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And at Built Bar, like here in America, they celebrate the freedom of choice. They have so many delicious flavors, including coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. There's something for everyone at Built Bar. And one of the cool things about Built Bar is that you can get a mix box, which means you can get two of each of the nine flavors in one box. That's right. 18 Built Bars in one package. That is awesome. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. You need to get your Built Bars right now, especially if there's someone who's health conscious, like your boy. They're healthy. Most Built Bars have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code Lock 15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, it's that time again. Let's get right into it. Your Friday mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers. Start off with Travis. He said, okay, with the current situation with the O-line, should we not trade for a left tackle? Give up a few later round picks. I think Deion Dawkins would be a good fit. He played for Coach Rule at Temple. Well, here's the thing, though, when it comes to Deion Dawkins of the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, their quarterback is Josh Allen who they just paid a crap ton of money for. Deion Dawkins is 27. He's a young player. He's out there protecting Josh Allen. I do not think that the Buffalo Bills, a player who they just signed a year ago to a four-year $60 million contract extension with $34 million guaranteed, are wanting to let him go after one season, especially after this team went to the AFC title game before they fell to the Kansas City Chiefs. I do not see a scenario where the Panthers could be able to trade for Deion Dawkins. This is why this offseason, when we were talking about things, I said that Orlando Brown Jr. with the Baltimore Ravens, the team the Carolina Panthers are going to see again after two days of joint practices. They're going to see them tomorrow night, Saturday night, for their second preseason game. Uh, That's the reason why I said they needed to talk to Baltimore. Go get him. Get him because he wants to play left tackle. He wants to be paid like a te- left tackle. Ronnie Stanley's the left tackle for the Baltimore Ravens. And Orlando Brown Jr. got to go there after Ronnie Stanley got injured last season. He proved his worth. But he had to be a right tackle if he was going to stay in Baltimore, which is why he asked for a trade. But what team went out there and got him? The Kansas City Chiefs. You know why the Kansas City Chiefs got him out there? Because they have Patrick Mahomes, who's getting paid a $500 million contract and is one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback, in the National Football League. The Kansas City Chiefs are trying to protect their most valuable asset at all costs. The Buffalo Bills are trying to protect their most valuable asset at all costs. The Green Bay Packers of David Bakhtiari are trying to protect their most valuable asset at all costs. That's why the Houston Texans went out and got Laramie Tunsil for Deshaun Watson. 
That's why um, the Seattle Seahawks went out there and found Dwayne Brown to go protect Russell Wilson. The teams that want to protect their quarterbacks go out there and do it. For the, whatever reason, the Carolina Panthers, over the course of the last decade, whether it was with Cam Newton, Teddy Bridgewater, now with Sam Darnold, they have not prioritized protecting their most valuable asset in their quarterback. So yes, they should find a way to trade for a left tackle if they could do that. At this point in time, no one's giving up their left tackle to start the season. I had the conversation a little bit yesterday where I was thinking to myself, it's like, huh, well, you have this plethora of pass rushers. Maybe you could package some of these guys and send them off to get a left tackle. Best case scenario here in Carolina is Cam Irving figures things out. You can keep Taylor Moten at right tackle. Or Taylor Moten moves over to the left tackle. Brady Christensen proves his worth that he's ready and is going to be the right tackle. So I like where your head's at. I just don't see there being a trade for a left tackle out there as we sit here in mid-August. All right, Alex asks, since we like to take chances on disappointing former first-rounders, what are the chances we bring in Josh Rosen? As you guys saw, Josh Rosen was waived uh, from the San Francisco 49ers. Rosen mentioned that he was not getting enough reps in practice and wanted to leave and go elsewhere. He passed through waivers without being claimed. Uh, I enjoy the joke. Yes, we have a uh, two former first-rounders that have been disappointing. Teddy Bridgewater, mainly due to injury, and then Sam Darnold, mainly due to the lack of uh, performance. And also the terrible situation he was there in New York. Now, I don't see the Carolina Panthers bringing in Josh Rosen. Don't think that's going to help them out at all. But it, maybe he could be the next pet project for um, Matt Rule and Scott Fitter if this one does not work out this season. Either way, I don't see that happening. On to Keith. He said, want to start off by saying love your work on the pod. Are we as fans putting unrealistic expectations on our young up-and-comers such as Brady Christensen and Terrace Marshall? As far as expecting them to be A1 day one starters, get up the he said, keep up the great work, brother, and glory, glory, Man United. That is disgusting, Keith. Uh, I hate Manchester United with all my heart as a Liverpool supporter, and I'm not happy that you would send me that. That's just that's bad on you, but I appreciate the question either way. Yeah, when it comes to guys like Brady Christensen and Terrace Marshall, like Brady, the coaching staff has said a lot of positive things about him being versatile. And being able to play all four positions on the offensive line outside of center, him being better placed as a right tackle behind Taylor Moten, that there could be a situation where if something happens to Cam Irving, that he could be the starting right tackle, saying if he beats out Trent Scott, who did not look good on Sunday against the Colts. So yes, I think Brady Christensen has a bright future here in Carolina, but expecting him to come in and start day one against the Jets, or even week two against the Saints, or week three against the Houston Texans, if I don't know if that's realistic at this point in time. Just give him a chance to come along and at least for next season you know he's going to be a starter he's going to be in the long-term plans on the offensive line with Terrace Marshall I think it's hard not to get excited about him when the first time he touches the football he takes it 60 yards he's physically he looks the part the dude's an absolute beast I cannot wait to see him in a Panthers uniform when the season actually gets going now another thing about that is like if a one day one starter who's he starting ahead of He's not going to be number, wide receiver number one over DJ Moore. He's not going to be wide receiver number two over Robbie Anderson. And I don't even know if he's beaten out David Moore yet, who came over from Seattle, who's a veteran. From things I've heard in practice and read, Terrace Marshall obviously has the talent. But one of the problems has been that we see the highlights of the awesome catches that he has, but there's also the highlights that we don't see of the drops. And drops were a major issue on Wednesday for the Carolina Panthers, wide receivers. And they were an issue last week. With the Colts during joint practices, 
he's got to be a better practice player if he wants to be able to earn it and be able to be a starter on the field. I think he's probably the best option at wide receiver three right now. I just wouldn't be surprised come week one if he's wide receiver four behind David Moore as he tries to earn his way throughout the rest of the season to be that wide receiver number three for the Carolina Panthers. All right, going to get some more of your questions here in just a moment on another Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half million dollar NFL mega contest. That's right, a half million dollars. And the $100,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which means you make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, season opener between the Super Bowl champion, boo, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Dallas Cowboys, also boo. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. From football, baseball, boxing, right on the horse racing. Don't wait to take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, getting to more of your questions here on another edition of the Friday Mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. Austin, he says, like you already said on the show, look how high they have KJ Wright rated, and he's still a free agent. Cross my fingers. Come on, Panthers. And Austin, not necessarily a question, but more of a comment. KJ Wright, who I've said the Carolina Panthers, should sign as a linebacker who had an excellent year last year in Seattle, had been a 10-year starter before the Seattle Seahawks, someone that Scott Fitter has to know personally, considering the 20 years he spent there in Seattle, KJ Wright was ranked 67th out of 100 players in terms of the NFL's top 100. And he's a free agent. He, I believe he's the only free agent that was in the NFL top 100 this season. You're telling me that a top 100 player is available right now who has connections to Scott Fitterer and he hasn't been signed? The Carolina Panthers have cap space. I know Scott Fitterer has said that they're going to check out and see how things work out in terms of of the waiver wire and once guys get cut down after the 53-man roster cut in a couple weeks, I'm sure they're going to add additions. The initial 53-man here in Carolina, not every one of those guys is going to make it to that first Sunday against the Jets on September 12th. You're going to get rid of some of those guys and add somebody else from other rosters. And if last season was any indication, we're going to see it again, especially with a guy like Scott Federer, who likes to really maneuver things. But in terms of linebacker, I don't know what linebacker is going to be available. That's going to be as good as KJ Wright. Just looking at the depth still, like I like Shaq, of course. I like what Jeremy Carter can, can Jermaine Carter rather can bring. But is Jermaine Carter Jr. a better player than KJ Wright? Absolutely not. Is Denzel Perryman a better player than KJ Wright? No, and he's also not healthy. Is Josh Bynes, who they brought in, is he better player than KJ Wright? No. Why not bring him in? 
I don't know. Maybe Scott Fitter knows something I don't. I, I, I'm sure he does, but I, I just, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Either way, moving on. Cody said, I just started listening to the podcast and I really enjoy it. Question for the pod if it hasn't already been asked. Based on how Brady did at right tackle against the Colts and the reps Moten has been taking at left tackle, could you see that week one or is Brady going to compete for a guard position? Thanks. I don't think Brady is, uh, Brady Christensen that is. I don't think he's competing for a guard position. Matt Rule has said he's barely gotten that many reps at guard. He did play a little bit of guard on um, Sunday afternoon against the Colts in that preseason game. I think, strictly speaking, he is going to be a right tackle. Taylor Moten's probably the second guy on the depth chart when it comes to left tackle right now, just based off of the Carolina Panthers wanting to keep him at right tackle. It's Cam Irving's job at left tackle. If something happens to Cam Irving and Trent Scott like flat out sucks again, in the final two preseason games, then yeah, there could be a scenario where Moten is at left to start the season and Christensen is at right to start the season. And I think a lot of people would be excited about that because I think that's what a lot of y'all want to see anyway in terms of finding stability with two mainstay tackles for the Carolina Panthers. I hope that too. I just currently, if everyone stays healthy, no. I do not see that being the situation week one against the New York Jets. Appreciate the question. Appreciate you starting to listen to the pod. Cody. Brody, go from Cody to Brody. Brody asks, is Dan Arnold better than Ian Thomas? Simple question, straight to the point. Yes, is the answer. Just looking at what Dan Arnold's done so far in his career as a guy who's converted Division Two, right? Or is it Division Three wide receiver out of some small school in Wisconsin to turning himself into a tight end? And what we've heard about him throughout camp and what he put up last year in terms of numbers with the Arizona Cardinals, I don't think there's any question at all that he's a better player right now in terms of receiver at the position than Ian Thomas. I have not heard much of anything at all coming out of Panthers camp when it comes to Ian Thomas. From what it looks like, they want to keep four tight ends, meaning Dan Arnold, Ian Thomas, Tommy Trimble, of course, and then Colin Thompson, who played a number of games last year, including had a a game against against, uh, Tampa, the first game against Tampa at home, or the second game against Tampa, uh, the one at home at least, where he had a touchdown reception. So it looks like they want to keep four. I could be wrong there, just from everything I've read and what it seems like they want to keep four tight ends on the roster. But yeah, Dan Arnold's a better player currently than Ian Thomas. I don't really see a day where Ian Thomas, who, God love him. He's worked his tail off to get better. I just don't see him being ever better than Dan Arnold. Just Dan Arnold's like a natural football player. Ian Thomas is still learning the game at the highest level. All right, Eric asks, and this is the final question of the week, saying, for good reason, you don't have faith in the O-line. If it was your choice, would you have a different starting five? If so, who would you be, who would you be playing and where? So... Are you talking about like in a National Football League or are you just talking about like on this roster? Because like if it was my choice, well, that's the thing that's difficult. Like if you if we're going with the guys on the actual roster, I would definitely, we're just going to go right to left because I think it's easier. I would keep Taylor Moten at right tackle. I would have John Miller at right guard, Matt Paradis at center, Dennis Daly at left guard because I had to Paradis out just based off what Paradis has done so far in his career at that position. And then I, I wouldn't, I you know, I guess if I had to choose, like if I'm just going out here with the Carolina Panthers offensive line that I want to see, I fine, we'll go left to right. Taylor Moten, left tackle, left guard, Dennis Daly, center, Matt Paradis, right guard, John Miller, and then right tackle, Brady Christensen. That's what I would want to see. I might even throw out there Deontay Brown at right guard. Well, I'm not going to get, I would not go too far there. But yeah, ideally, if everything worked out, that's what I'd like to see. Left tackle, Taylor Moten. Left guard, 
Dennis Daly, center Matt Paradis, right guard John Miller, right tackle Brady Christensen. But we're talking about throughout the entirety of the NFL, then like, uh, yeah, I definitely want Trent Williams as my left tackle who plays for the San Francisco 49ers. I want Quilton Nelson as a guard. <laughs> um, I want all the top players at those positions. If you're asking me like, if I could have anybody, I want the top guys at all the positions. But we're looking at the Carolina Panthers. Like that's like those are the guys, those five I mentioned there in that order. That's what I would want them to be at. Certainly, like if that's if that's how everything could per- if things were if it was a perfect world and those guys were perfect at those positions, that's how I want things to play out. I don't think that's how things are going to play out, but you know, yeah. So I answered. All right, that wraps up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, as always, again, Julian Council. Thank you for listening to the show. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Also, check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every Friday, like this Friday, throughout the rest of the preseason, I answer your questions for our weekly Friday mailbag. So get those questions in right now as you're listening to the show and whenever a question pops up in your head. But first, you got to follow me. Then you can either DM me or at me. Whatever you want to do, just get those questions in. Going to add another show this week. I talked to Willie P of WFNZ. You're going to listen to that interview coming out on Saturday morning. So we're doing six episodes. And also I'll be putting out my post-Ravens reaction show after the second preseason game. Should be coming out sometime on Saturday evening. So you can listen to that on Sunday. And I don't know yet if that's going to be your Monday episode. But just letting you know, going to have a show with Willie P to break down the uh, Ravens joint practices and just training camp as a whole and look ahead to this the game coming on Saturday night. That should be out in uh, your downloaded to your phone by Saturday morning. And then Saturday evening, I'll send out another show for you guys to listen to with my reactions following the Panthers' second preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens. Again, guys, I love you. I uh, appreciate you listening. Have a great weekend. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. Twice. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.